Welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm Colin Parker, one of your hosts. And I'm James Anderson, one of your other hosts. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. Until the end of time. A joke we've used many times before, but you know, if the <laughs> and day we'll broke, use many don't times fix it. again. Yeah. <laughs> you just kind of have to accept that people yeah. are going to point out that tie sounds like other things. Tie. It's, it's how you get through life. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, boo. Uh, well, listen, folks, we've got tie back. Uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to do right at the top of the show. Let's just go ahead and do our call to action. Immediately, Ty, can you tell people where to find your podcast and what your podcast is? You think I would be better prepared for this? Uh, I (laughs) run the show called um, Side Character Quest. It's a one play. It's it's a D and D actual play show that specializes in short one player campaigns. Uh, It's done as an anthology series, so you can pop in, watch one campaign following one guest, or you can watch the whole thing. And if you watch the whole thing, or sorry, listen to the whole thing, it's a podcast. Um, If you listen to the whole thing, then you will find connections between all of these uh, these stories and different characters and stuff. It's a delight. I'm going to recommend today that you listen to Talbotton Celebrates His Anniversary. That's just the first one that came to my mind. Um, I think that's somewhere around episode 70-ish. That sounds about uh, yeah. And you know what else we should be checking out? We should be checking out Agent Carter Season 2 Episode 4 and a little bit of Agent Carter Season 2 Episode 5. Now, what I'm going to do is, is I'm actually going to give you the timestamps that you don't watch because yeah. I think that's actually <laughs> less confusing. It, so it's yeah. everything we've talked about so far. <laughs> Pretty much, right. So basically, I mean, really what you can do is, is just start from the beginning of the episode yeah. and just watch all the way through. Just recognize that you're going to have seen some of these clips before. Go listen so, to those episodes again. That's also a good point. Um, what you're avoiding is six minutes and 31 seconds to 843 and then avoiding 1644 to 1834, avoiding 1940 to 2132, and avoiding 3350 to 3549, 3925 to 4137. Uh, and then at that point, you're good. Just keep on watching uh, until five minutes and 56 seconds in season two, episode five. I feel like that Listeners, was way that's easier. the simpler version. Yeah. 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 It is a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's a total of seven timestamps that I would have given you, and I think I did six there. So, yeah, I, you know that that's <laughs> called it's, um, it's objectively three three, three Peggy's and three uh, Agnes's makes six. So for sure that is correct. Got it. Perfect, man. Yeah. Nailed that one. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. just you know that's just simplification, baby. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's optimization. Mm-hmm. Uh, And so for this one, what I'm doing is I'm doing a little bit of my own interjections here and there, but I mostly use the MCU wiki because this one was hard for me to figure out how to do because of all those timestamps. So let's just go ahead and get into it. Here's what happens. Uh, Peggy and Wilkes talk about food and whether or not he can feel hunger or other things, but yet he can still feel himself getting the hots for Peg Mm. as they nearly kiss. But then remember, oh, wait a minute. They can't. (laughs) So they go back to talking about making a fast neutron reactor. Ooh, riveting, you know, lovely romance comedy stuff. Uh, one has been built before, 
and at full power, it can generate 25 kilowatts. For a quick reference, uh, in modern day technology, most people use about 35 kilowatts per day. Um, mm. But this is 25 kilowatts, like just like, boom, like that. So that's still quite a lot. Um, Agnes Cully, however, patented, patented, why is that hard to say? A reactor that could generate a thousand times more power. So she's a genius. I'm a genius. Whitney Frost, she defies cater, cater, okay. Categorization. Okay. You know what I'm just going to go ahead and do? patented categorization. Let's just go ahead and get that Dr. Pepper open. I think that's, I think that's what's happening here. <laughs> oh yeah. That's the stuff right there. Uh, Frost does experiments on rats to master her power over the zero matter. She discovers that she can transform a living thing into black fluid and absorb it into her hands. But after absorption, the scar on her forehead grows. She misses a photography session that she and uh, Calvin Chadwick had with Life magazine as she is busy with the tests and her facial scar has grown noticeably, prompting her to remember her mother's advice that society do not care, does not care about what is inside a woman's head. Rather, they will society do not. care. Yeah, uh, they will see only her appearance. Um, so I think the fun thing about that is that in a way they can kind of technically care about what's inside her head because they can see it. Right. On her face. Carter learns from Jason Wilkes that Frost is beyond ingenious, but when she and Edwin Jarvis go to confront Chadwick at a campaign rally, she sees Rufus Hunt and kidnaps him. Uh, we'll come back to that in a second. Uh, taking Hunt to Howard Stark's estate, Carter is dis- discovered and reprimanded by Daniel Sousa. The two take Hunt to the theatrical agency and interrogate him there. They learn that Hunt worked for the Council of Nine, powerful men who have ties to major events and prominent people. Before Sousa and Carter can have the Arena Club raided, Vernon Masters enters the SSR base with a team of FBI agents, telling them that their case files will be audited and they have an executive order to halt all actions. Masters and, Masters and Carter withdraw to talk. Masters wants to know who has the informant on their search warrant. Who was the informant, sorry. Carter refuses to answer, so Masters threatens that though Carter might survive the changes that are coming, her allies might not. Carter and Sousa put a listening device on Hunt and allow him to escape their custody. Don't know why I had to take the punch. Uh, Hunt runs to the Chadwick residence to tell Chadwick and Frost about his kidnapping and interrogation. Hunt wants Chadwick to protect him from the wrath of the council, or he will tell the council that the two of them are performing outside of its guidance. Chadwick acquiesces, but Frost uses her new mastered powers to kill Hunt. While those who are eavesdropping wonder the fate of Hunt and why the listening device went dead, Chadwick wonders what his wife is. She tells him that she is whatever she wants to be. A little bit, little bit later, Peggy Carter is awakened by Jason Wilkes, who shows her Jane Scott's body fragment evidence and that zero matter in it is attracted to him. The experiment also reveals that the substance makes Wilkes tangible, so Carter and Edward Jarvis plan to go to where the body of Jane Scott is held to take the corpse to Wilkes who believes Scott's corpse can cure him. Meanwhile, Violet comes home to find her door slightly ajar. She grabs a bat and enters the domicile to find a nice candlelit dinner on the table that has gone cold and Sousa also out cold on the couch. She accepts the proposal of Daniel Sousa despite him having lost the ring in the couch and truly fumbling through the worst possible proposal you can imagine. Does it say that or did you write that? I wrote that part. Okay, good. Good, good, good. (laughs) Again, I added in some of these lines. I was like, but... MC Wiki editorializing is not like you. 
Right. And then they're like, and now here's information on a basketball game that we don't fully understand. Um, First the no. penalty kick, but with your hands and at a net. <laughs> well, I mean, in a way there's a net. Um, so anyway, so that that's all the scenes. Uh, I would I have a couple small notes here and there, but I want to know what your thoughts on all of these bits are. I have a I have a couple of thoughts. Um, first of all, just so listener know where I'm coming from. Um, I am very behind on timeline scavengers right now because I have been burning through a few books, uh, audiobooks, um, and I did watch Agent uh, a- Agents of Carter. Agent Carter. That's you abbreviated it that Agent- way on your on your text to me too, and I was like, I was I, I was tickled by that. AOC. <laughs> friend of the a- show agents of carter i i did i i watched that when it was first coming out but that was like years yeah. and years ago at this Seven point ago, yeah. um and i remembered this pretty well uh i remember all a lot of the scenes and definitely the actors um but i still came into this and the guy says like i what, what was the what's the opening line like i i I can't eat anymore. Yeah. Or I can't oh, feel yeah, hunger. She's, she's like eating and she dribbles some like condiment, which yeah. I assume is some sort we, we, we were talking about this. It has to be some sort of like honey Dijon kind of thing. Cause mm. it's like, that's way too much to be Mayo. You know what I mean? And <laughs> yeah. also way too drippy, I think to be Mayo. And also and she she's also just so like, she also is just like, mm, you know, just wipes <laughs> it up with her finger. Um, but like, she's like, but it goes through his hand. She's like, sorry, I forgot you can't eat. Like, just so like in his face. And he's like, mm, I guess I kind of forgot I can't either. She's like, wait a minute. You can't eat. It's yeah. It's so weird. Can you imagine a condition that makes it so that you cannot feel hot or cold? You cannot feel hunger or satiation. You cannot feel, uh, you, you can't feel a breeze. You can't feel any of these things, but you can feel sexual tension. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, where is this going? Cursed life is that? I know. I think high school, right? (laughs) (laughs) That's a very good one, James. Um, Thanks. They they continue to do this sort of thing. It's rough. There's a great bit where she like where he wakes her up in the middle of the night. And she just like has her gun on hand because she's on edge. And because he's not tangible, the gun technically like just goes through his head. And then mm-hmm. he's like, oh, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to start you. Right. And she was like, what's wrong with you? He's like, I could have shot and then realized that she couldn't have shoot, shot him. So she goes, <laughs> Howard, like looking at the painting yeah. behind him, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. very funny. Like it's it's a very good little line exchange. But like the characters in yeah. the show I, coming back into this, you know, for just this this one episode uh, revisiting the series years and years later, the characters in this show are so fun. Yeah. Like they they're are. just so like well drawn to just sort of play off of one another. Absolutely. Um, it's it's interesting seeing uh, Jarvis's actor play somebody besides Vision, somebody who right. it's not the same guy. Is it not no. the same? Oh, guy? I, I reversed that in my head. Yeah. What? A so different Paul, guy playing. Paul Bettany is Vision slash Jarvis the AI, but Jarvis <sighs> the man is played by um, James Darcy. Yeah. That yeah. explains why they, they had <laughs> such different vibes. You know, what's funny is uh, wow. as, as the years go on, Howard Stark's face elongates and Edwin Jarvis's <laughs> face becomes more circular. Yeah. 
I I have uh, wow, my credentials have just been called into question for being on this, <laughs> this show. I think it just um, means that that he's doing a great job of of carrying the character in this way. Yeah, I agree. They yeah, they it, actually have very job. similar timbres to their voice, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. So I could totally see how if you were to like close your eyes and just have them like talk. I think that mm-hmm. like Paul Bettany, I think purposefully adds a little bit of like roboticism sure. to how he yes. talks, and he has a, like, a certain it. he holds himself with a certain confidence that this actor true. does not hold himself. That's with. true. I think that I think Paul Bettany could slightly tweak his performance and land exactly on this guy. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's remarkable. I have a question about something. The MC Wiki claimed that they took hunt to the theatrical agency yeah they they claim they took him to the basement there which is interesting because that seems off to me but also it doesn't seem like it's too industrial to be howard stark's estate it seemed i always pictured it i don't know what i whose house i thought it was but i always pictured as like a suburban home like they're in the basement she's like let's do boiler room you know what i mean right but I also would feel like if Howard Stark is anything like Tony Stark, he has like industrial stuff yeah. on his property. It's possible. Right? Yeah. Like I, I kept that in because I also had the same question. I was like, that's weird. But they, they literally never, you know, it has to be his house though, because they, sh- that's where Sousa meets up with her. Yeah. So, and then if they had brought it back to, to the office, it would have been like, He's unless, like, let me go talk to him. I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, know. unless Sousa was like, no, 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 you are not doing this in like a, a public home after he finds the body or after he finds out that they have the body in the car. Unless mm-hmm. he's like, no, 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 we're going here. But they're also in the living room at one point. So it has to be Stark's house. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, yeah. I just left I mean, it at as this point, is, Stark is Stark is uh, already like implicated being involved with this right so it's not like they're adding they're they're hurting him in an additional way also they might be figuring like well stark is super rich yeah he can if he gets in trouble he can buy his way out he's currently out of out of the country so like i think right Uh, yeah Yeah, he's in peru yeah he's in peru i was gonna say i couldn't remember the order plausible deniability yeah exactly so he's he's got a minute of of stuff there um but like it the whole abduction thing is just so very funny like so Jarvis has done a American accent before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, he's gotten worse at it. Yeah. <laughs> so like when he's doing the whole like, hey, well, it's the police. We're at the door. And he's like, ma'am, I'm going to have to ask you to go inside. Like, we'd, But he, he doesn't put, say ma'am. He says mom. He says mom. Yeah. Oh, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. That, it's, that, it's that very of its Marm. time. Are you saying ma'am or mom or marm or like what is happening right. with this word? Yeah, I think that's to kind of show that he can't fully get rid of the accent. Maybe is probably what it is. But I mean, like at the point that was just saying that it's like go inside and close the door. Then she goes inside and goes and and close the door. And then once the door actually closes, he's like, "All right, Hunt, get out here! I'm going to start pumping lead." It's like squirting lead. Excuse me. Sorry, that's right. Squirting lead, which is far worse. It's a man who's (laughs) like never watched an action film. Is yeah. what it is because yeah. I realized I said pumping. I was like, that doesn't sound right because I feel like pumping that's is too correct. Accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, it's like he's just like, what sounds dangerous, partner? Yeah. You know, um, the yeah. fact though that she shoots him with the tranquilizer and then goes, 
that's enough to take out a rhinoceros. And he keeps fighting. Very funny. I, I did uh, a second of research, just a moment of research yeah. about that specific thing, that if be. I may toss in. Uh, yeah. I, I looked up PCP because when you hear about... <laughs> I shot him with a tranquilizer big enough to take down a rhino and he didn't do anything. <laughs> Plus this guy's always angry and like charging around. I wanted to see if PCP was a possibility, a PCPP, uh, but it was initially made <laughs> in 1956 and brought to market as an anesthetic, you know, in all the ways that drugs never do the thing. And then mm -hmm. uh, it was disallowed in 1965. So we were nine years away from PCP, although as we say- Howard Stark. Howard Stark. It could be a nine, he, he got a nine year head start on PCP. It's one of the things I love about, I'm sure this is a topic that you guys have covered to death, but I love shows that are sort of set in this old timey yeah. era. I, I know that this is a specific time, but like even let's say uh, the Batman cartoon sure. um, where it's just sort of this generic sort of early 1900s thing. And then if they introduce like, a, a handheld radio right that's like fancy right that's like oh my gosh right and you can do such like basic technology things to show that these right are the super geniuses right exactly I, I enjoy that you can make it like a wayne co product and it's like yeah no we're in 1920 but right we do have cell phones which now that i think about it though that is something if i'm not mistaken was ty on the episode where we discovered that security cameras were a thing yeah no, I that was so. um that was um was that maybe Tay? That was Briar maybe, maybe I just listened to that. Oh okay. I think it, that, oh that makes it sense. That Tay. makes sense. It, it may have been Tay. Yeah. 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 Like, that off. would be so funny though if it was like we just like we discovered that same thing and like we kind of came across it again. Like if time had <laughs> if like history had repeated itself, haha. -ha, um <laughs> that would have been very funny. Um yeah. so okay, so they they shoot him up though, right? And he doesn't drop, they fight. My favorite bit about this is that uh, I just simply wanted to comment that uh, Jarvis accidentally gets a little bit of the tranquilizer in him, <laughs> yes, and he passes yes. out with a singular line of Jarvis, and then Jarvis. Just... <laughs> Thank you. I, had that. I wrote that down too. If if we were gonna <laughs> see Jarvis for another movie or show, mm -hmm. like see him. That has to be a We would have a Marvel oh. Marvelicious spin-off called Jarvelous where anything he eats gets a different <laughs> thing. <laughs> Can I ask a quick question actually? Because um yeah. something uh, all of a sudden I was talking about this made me think of this as well. Why is it mm -hmm. that every time someone gets shot with a tranquilizer dart in any form of media, they always fall face first, like towards the needle? <laughs> it scares me oh, tremendously. God. Oh, no. How does that oh, no. not absolutely destroy people's bodies? It is horrifying to me. When he started to tip, I was like, tip backwards, tip backwards, and he tips forward, and I was like, that's just, that's just, how is he then wa not walking around with a giant gaping wound from a You've got to remember this. Just, you know what I mean? If you ever get, if you ever get, uh, tranked, <laughs> Uh, just make sure when that Kevin Feige finally back. goes, they know too much, and yeah. like, you know, you, you know, know what, you know what I think it is, you know what, you know what I think it is. Uh, the way that they depict these trank darts, they work instantly. Yeah. yeah. And so my thought is that they immediately anesthetize where they got hit, and thus you do not know where you have been hit. But and so you don't know. 
that you need to fall backwards. But he would be uh, like the guy pops out of the trunk and stabs him, right? So popping out of the trunk would would you you'd jump back. Listen, stab, it's a bad theory. You I just I, I just think that it's I think it's a great theory and I think they okay. executed it wrong because there's mm. no way there's you know, it's like you you know when you don't know how to you know uh, stage fight and you punch someone and they go the the other way <laughs> right yes <laughs> I love that hey I, um, I just did a fast Google sorry just to let you know it takes fifteen minutes minimum yeah, yeah. the fact that it's, she goes that's enough to take out a rhinoceros yeah peg and a rhino still gonna go a sec. for yeah. fifteen minutes you know uh, yeah I mean none of these none of the anything that involves knocking somebody unconscious is never is, yeah. is, is Displayed accurately. I've been chloroformed. Yeah, I was going to say chloroform. It, it does not. Yeah. It does not do like it. It's you like think. twenty minutes or something, right? It, you, you have to. You have to hold it there for an uncomfortable amount. Like have a seat because it's. You yeah. had the experience. I, I was going to explain. I was going to explain why I was chloroformed, yes, but I think it's do. funnier if I don't. Yeah, oh God! Uh, okay. Yeah. So, but I will say that um, <laughs> my experience with it was that I only it only happened for like a few seconds, and you get hit with this immediate like whoa feeling. Yeah. But you sure. aren't. But you don't lose consciousness. It just kind of like makes your head really floaty. Right. Um. So it does feel like it would do something like it would be effective to kind of like throw somebody off their game. But yeah. it's not a it's not a start and end. Right. It's yeah. it's a um, yeah, we needed a, a chemical on the way took the place of the Vulcan nerve pinch so that <laughs> we wouldn't have just people doing that all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, while we're on the subject of um, this person popping out of the trunk mm-hmm. and being held in the trunk and everything. Uh, do you guys have a moment for a segment? Yeah. Yes. Always. Okay. So um, in this this episode, this series of clips that we have watched, there was a, uh, sorry, I'm pulling out some notes. Um, there was a moment where uh, uh, Peggy is like, oh uh, yeah, sorry, we're just getting ready to go or do something. And then, um, her buddy detective uh, hears from the trunk, and her response is, uh, "We clubbed like a, a an opossum this morning. We caught a we caught a possum. That was it. Yeah. So we're about to play a, a quick round of Spycraft Life Raft." This is the game where I present you with a very suspicious situation that a spy might find themselves in, and then you are given one line, one chance to throw my suspicions in the garbage. I will be going back and forth uh, for each of you just for a few um, few rounds. Uh, the first round is going to be a little bit of a gimme. Uh, James? Yep. Someone in your trunk just said, Ugh. Oh, uh... Wait a minute. Did 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 I leave my Wait, is it current? It can get me present day? Yes. Okay. It can be whenever you want. Oh man, I I left my my, my phone in the trunk and it's on that on that weird like sound effects thing cuz it's almost Halloween. <laughs> I I'm so sorry. I'll I'll get that later. Don't worry about that. I'll, I'll it'll be fine. Halloween mixtape. Pretty good. Yeah. Colin. Okay. You uh you're going to tie your shoe and a gun falls out of your sock. Uh, 
it's nerf or nothing, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep uh, that thing on me. James. Yeah. You're spotted slipping something into their drink. Uh, this is my drink, and then I drink it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Colin. Yes. You spill spaghetti on your shirt, and an over-enthusiastic waiter pulls it off, revealing the wire underneath. I'm podcasting right now. <laughs> uh, I feel like that's, I had a couple more, but I feel like that's that's a good, good wrap up on this bit of uh, this uh, take on Spycraft Life Raft. I, if you've got a better title, then uh, reach out and I, let us know. I don't think you can. I feel like that's such there's a no good way. name. That was there's so no exciting. Yeah. I love when other people bring in like uh, uh, segments. I feel like that's very, very fun. Colin, do you I've know been that- on um. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, did you know that uh, every every time it's my turn to host, I, I do uh, a quick scour of the episode in my mind of, is there a way to bring in some sort of Who's Freddy-esque quiz into this one? <laughs> and there never <laughs> is. <laughs> I, I I won't lie to you. I have been trying to like to ride the high of Who's Freddy. Like, what an incredible like lightning strike that was for me. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I'm worried that like I'll never top that segment. Although I have really been enjoying Marvelicious slash Marvelous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but like it's, I mean, Who's Freddy was such a, what a great bit that was. Iconic, absolutely. Um, Ty, you were going to say something. Yeah. Uh, I honestly cannot remember what I was going to say. Okay. Probably wasn't important. Sure. It'll come um, back up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So let me let me go over a couple of very quick little notes that I have here from the episode that, that are all go I think pretty it. fascinating. Um, one of them is just a note about like commentary of what happens in these episodes. I love that Jarvis is truly a brilliant man, and yet sometimes there's just like little things, like little cues that for whatever reason he does not pick up on, and it takes him far too long. Uh, one of these happens when Peggy first spies Hunt. Uh, the guy that they abducted, yeah. she goes, look at his driver, right? And she points to him and he goes, oh, that gentleman has an injury in the exact same spot as the guy you shot last night. And she just straight up turns her head to look at him and he's just sitting there and he goes, hmm. and he kind of looks at her like, what? And he goes, and he doesn't say, oh, but like he he makes the face of like, oh, right? like that's the guy, right? And it's like, it I is love- so funny. Uh- I would love to get to play a character like that. Yeah. Like, it's, it seems so fun. Yeah. So nice. Totally. Absolutely. I fully agree with that. Like, you you 100% understand why he is there. Yeah. Right? right. It's not like he is useless. It's not like he is, is cowardly or whatever. It's just that he's, you know, yeah. like, <laughs> not a trained uh, spy. Right. right. Exactly. As she um, keeps reminding him and as he keeps ignoring her reminding reminder. Right. <laughs> and he's always like, but the adventure, Miss Cotton. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. So Jarvis. Okay. Got that. Okay. The next thing that I have is I have just a quick note on fast neutron reactor because, again, I'm awesome. not a scientist. I'm not a smart guy. So I went, is that a real thing or is that I Marvel? Right. A FNR or a fast spectrum reactor. Sometimes also simply just called a fast reactor, which I feel like is, that's nothing. I feel like is a category of nuclear reactor in which the fission chain reaction is sustained by fast neutrons carrying energies of about, sorry, of above one MeV, not really sure what that is, or greater on average. 
Thank you. As opposed to slow thermal Mega. neutrons. Sorry, hold on. Was that a capital M or a lowercase m? Big M. Mega electron volts. That makes gotcha. way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as opposed to slow thermal neutrons used in thermal neutron reactors. I like when people use the word in the definition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as opposed to the slow thermal neutrons used in what kind of reactor? That's right, thermal neutron reactors. Oh, what it is. Uh, they, they got to because sometimes, sometimes they'll have a name for something in science that is completely unrelated to the actual meaning of the thing. And so they're like, no, no, this time we actually do mean slow. Yeah. This time, it actually does mean that. Yeah. What it says on the tin, it's inside the tin. Right. <laughs> and it's in tin. <laughs> Interesting. It's yeah, not. so I mean, there's there's a lot of information on this thing. Yeah. So it does exist, though, and I feel like it's a Jesus. fascinating thing. But one thing I will say is that the moderators in conventional nuclear reactors, 99.3% uh, of them are uranium-238, common isotope of uranium found in nature. And then there's 0.7 of uranium-235, right. which is an isotope of uranium making up about 0.72% of natural uranium. So like the fact that they are like, hey, not only is this exactly how, basically how much percent is out there, it's exactly the amount of percent that we're using or yeah. putting out there or whatever, you know, um, right. which I think is a fun little thing. And maybe I've also gotten that wrong, but Whatever. Listen, I, again, I don't pretend to understand these things. I'm just giving you what I can figure out. Um, okay, two final notes. Hunt tries to act tough during his interrogation. And he's like, I know all about you running around pretending to be Elliot Ness, right? Which is, okay, great. You're dropping a reference here, right? That's like very topical of the time, right? Uh, Elliot Ness was an American prohibition agent known for his efforts to bring down Al Capone and enforce prohibition in Chicago. Oh, is he um, the guy that would always like dress up in crazy costumes? Did he get into crazy costumes? He might have. I, that part I don't know. All I okay. know is is that he's like kind of like one of the big uh, law enforcement agents, uh, and he was part of the team known as the Untouchables. Untouchables. Um, which is like a, a good, big thing. Good name. Um, uh, so that's a fun little, like, just a quick little name drop. Um, also, Kevin we should Costner come back. In if, movie. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah. We should come back to this if we think about it. But the way they interrogate him, we should talk about that real quick after this last note. Um, okay. Just because that was such a good scene as well. And they barely, they don't touch on it like at all in that little wiki know-how yeah. thing. Um, but here's the final thing that he mentions in his little confessional or whatever. Um, he's talking to them about, you know, who's oh, yes. in the council and all this other stuff. And uh, they're like, well, okay, listen, we're going to keep you safe. He's like, you think you can keep me safe? He's like, are you like, are you out of your minds? You know, like, it's not, that's not going to happen. He's like, it's already done. Like, I'm already dead. Right. They're like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. They keep going back and forth. And he says, you don't realize how far their reach goes. He says, you know, things like President McKinley, Black Tuesday, right? Uh, those things don't just happen. So President McKinley, who was shot and killed before the formation of the Arena Club, meaning that they've been around before the actual introduction or the timeline is once again just completely off and they didn't really fully pay attention to their own stuff. Uh, and then uh, Black Tuesday is October 29th, 1929, the day where all New York Stock Exchange prices completely collapsed and became the pivotal factor in the emergence of the Great Depression. Which um, we ha uh, Gloucester talks about uh, in an Arena Club meeting with Chadwick that I think has happened. Uh, 
I think it happened a couple of, of days ago as we, you know, as we day by day it, he's like, right. you know, I, 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 I caused the star, uh, I caused the stock market crash, which Hugh Jones like is still getting the dividends from getting right. rich off the, off the black, black Tuesday. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I found the president McKinley one such an odd call to make. Cause like they've mm-hmm. just like, I think it's like an episode, maybe two before this one, they firmly estab- establish this group was created in 1906. And then what's the first thing that he mentions? Something that happened in 1901. And you're like, you right. would, okay. You would think how they would handle this is like, after they've written a script or maybe after they've written the whole season, or I guess they're probably writing a little bit week to week. I don't know how it works. I don't know how TV works. Um, but you think that once they had written the script, they would go back and be like, all right, here is the time window we have. Let's look for references within that time window to put in at right. these spots. Like I have this spot that's like, I need a reference that's within this window. I have this spot that's within this window. And you in the script, you just have reference of a bad thing between this year and this year, you know? I as. As as the listener is sitting there wondering when I'm going to chime in with the thing I'm always going to do, which is I think that it's not a, I think we could take it as a mistake, but I think we could also take it as either they existed before they existed. Yeah. Um, okay. Fair. 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 Or Hunt is wrong, like he doesn't know what he's talking about because he's that's like literally also very a interesting. Henchman. That's not the other option I thought you were going to go I've for. I've heard that McKinley was something, but he'd never actually. Yeah looked into it like maybe the people you know used that as a thing to right. make themselves seem more dangerous taking claiming something that they didn't right. actually do i was also yeah, thinking that's, like that's smart when you have like okay let's say you're building an avengers of you know baddies of what baddies okay i thought you said daddies for a second there and i was like okay <laughs> ty i don't think we're in that energy right now so let's let's dial it back no but like when you're doing this for just like straight up just like white guys in power, right? Not with mm. power, like powers rather. I'm talking just like in power, right? In right. power. Powered I'm also wondering power. if it's like a thing yeah. of like, this person caused this, this person has caused that, right? So you have like three or four people who have had their uh, hand in some big things. And then in 1906, they sort of all meet up together, you know, right. a la the Hamilton rate. musical, which definitely doesn't take liberty with history. Uh, and they go, oh, hey, you know, they they kind of find out a little bit about each other and they hey. kind of form hey. a cabal together, you know? I mm-hmm. I uh, I love when people, I saw in uh, Hamilton was mentioned in the National Treasure show uh, today. And like, she was like, oh, Abigail Adams was the, one of the first feminists and she wasn't in the show and she should have been included. And it always makes me laugh because it's like, that thing would have been, if he'd been faithful to history, <laughs> right. that thing would have been seven hours long. Like, and here's a reprise of the reprise talking about right. what Connecticut was up to. Um, <laughs> can you imagine if like, he would just like every, in between every scene that is currently in the the musical, there was an additional scene that just went over every colony, every state, yeah. saying like, all right, this is what George is up to. Also, meanwhile, Florida is doing this. Yeah. I think that the McKinley uh, assassination was was done by a, like an anarchist as all assassinations were done at the time. And I think it was a, me. Oh, dang it. A tynarchist. Um, that that <laughs> yeah. doesn't make any. That's nothing. Um, uh, and I think <laughs> that it would be funny. Not funny, but I think it would be something if. Uh, 
Get ready to cancel. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, yeah, Lee, Leon, Leon Chalgosh uh, did the assassination. He was an anarchist. So I think it'd be interesting uh, if, if it was like they pinned it on him to also get rid of right. like uh, the anarchist sort right. of movement. Oh, for like, sure. That sort yeah. of thing has happened yeah. 8 million times. Yeah. The amount of time. I mean, I feel like that's part of where some of that like commie stuff comes from, you know? That we're starting to Absolutely. get into, they're kind of they're kind of like leaning into it right now, you know. In uh, well, Agent Carter, yeah. they mentioned the they mentioned the, the trials and stuff like that, like which I don't think have started yet, right? But they're talking about like gathering people up to right. Is that well? Correct? He's he. Uh, I think Masters mentions the uh, the Hollywood Ten or the uh, Hollywood yeah, Seven, yeah. Hollywood number, Hollywood whatever. whatever number, yeah. yeah. Um. So that means that there were already people being blacklisted, but I think that the trials themselves were not until the fifties. I right, could be wrong right. about that. But it's like it's like that we're in that yeah. precursor time where it's like we're starting to have the red scare, which is definitely yeah. what they call that. Uh in Our Dumb Century, which is my favorite uh onion book by the book by the onion, uh it goes through the twentieth century. Like and so it's mostly, you know, it's you know, all made up because they didn't start until whatever. <laughs> but um I, I'm pretty sure that every now and again they talk about like uh the scourge of insert feared group like anarchists you know the germans or the japanese the the communists the you know etc 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 just the same sort of the same sounding thing throughout the century because it's just oh like basically describing it in the exact same term basically yeah sort of how like they called uh copy and pasting everything the uh yeah like the um the fight of the century or like something in like 1902. Like they're like, ah. we're calling it now. This is the one. And then. Yeah. 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 Can you imagine <laughs> if that had actually been? So, oh, yeah, gosh. I think that I think it's it's funny uh, to to look at the McKinley thing and be like, well, something's not right. Something is right. not right. I think that's that. That's I think for sure. In, in yeah. Um, OK, so. Uh, I know we're running up against time, but let me ask oh, yeah, crud. two more things here as fast yeah. as I can. Uh, the first being um, that, so part of the way that they get him to confess is they just yes. give him an injection and they're like, hey, this is a deadly strain of malaria that, you know, Stark basically bioengineered. And of course, I think there's enough word about how dangerous Stark can be and stuff like that. So this guy's yeah. like, okay, holy shit, that's not good. And then she's like, it's deadly within 20 minutes. And then she's like, so we'll be back in 10, right? And then no matter mm. how much he yells after them, they just walk out. And then it's great because he's like, what What did you actually give him? And she's like, oh, just a common... Uh, he was trying to fix the common cold and instead accidentally created an intense cold. Uh, and then she goes, T, and they just walk off. She just walks off. Um, yeah. So what are our thoughts on on this? Because this is like, it's not torture, right? So my my biggest concern is, uh, like, my biggest concern would be, I have created this disease, and I'm not going to destroy it. Uh-huh. Uh, that seems that seems very uh, sketchy, because the idea is that it is a, a strain of the cold that hits really hard, really fast. Um, right. And maybe the idea is that it like, it also just like dies really fast and right. thus like 
you know, like it can't be spread or whatever. Like maybe it only can be spread through injection and thus is not an issue. But I don't really trust biologists of the early 1900s (laughs) to be able to make that call. Um, It could also be like a test subject. Like we need to make the thing in order to figure out how to break the thing or something. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but as far as the, the question of like, how do we feel about this? I feel generally bad about uh, any sort of corporal motivation. Because I feel like you run into the issue of like people just giving you whatever information sure. they think will get you to l- let them go. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that desperation will work out. Uh, even even barring like moral questions, because I think right. there's a sure. there's a question of greater good here of that um, is harder to quantify and i would i personally would i would like to believe that i would always err on the side of not uh doing anything like that but at the same time like if i was in a situation of like hey this person has the information and if you don't get it then like thousands of people will die definitely like i I mean, I don't know how things would play for me, and I, yeah. I, I, I would have a hard. I feel like it would be a very, very hard thing for me to. Oh boy! Oh yeah. boy! I do wonder like if a Cap, what Captain America would think of, of this. Oh, technique. Captain America! Captain America is a fascist through and through. He would do uh, like terrible things. <laughs> uh, He's I, super I, judgy, though. Yeah, super, super judgy. I, I have uh, I have thoughts about Captain America. We don't have time to get into. <laughs> I, 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 I was a little jokey in my evaluation right there. I, I don't actually think I don't actually think that harshly of him. Right. But, Not super fascist. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but he, but um, mm, uh, mm. all caps yeah. are uh, bastards, mm. Mm. <laughs> and people that use all caps in their emails. True. Oh. Hey, uh, can I do a? Can I blast out a real quick Avengers ensemble? Would that be okay? Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. it's two two people and a, and an episode. Hit so us. here we go. Uh, it's uh, it's yeah. So uh, Mabel, who is the uh, the maid for Whitney Frost, who brings her the rats, who I would love to have seen more of because she seemed awesome. Um, and also Whitney Frost rats. seemed to have a decent decentish relationship with her. Um, uh, is played by Tamika Catone Donegal, who is an assistant in Doctor Strange, so we should watch out for her. Oh, um, she is in the 2014 Godzilla, uh, one episode mm. of the Hulu Veronica Mars season, and she was full figured teenager in TLC's <gasps> Unpretty video. What is that? That, was her f- that so, makes me unhappy. Yeah, you, that's well, uncomfortable. If you think about the song Unpretty, as we all do. Uh, it will be a thing that it's it'll be a thing where she is not treated as like, oh, look at that full figured teenager. It's just we need to have someone that would be societally recognized as not model skinny because that song ah. is about like everything you do that that you say, you know, all these people are, are ugly or fat or old or short or whatever makes gotcha. me feel. Un- yeah. OK, so damn different sort of euphemism there. Right. Okay. Okay. Right. I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I, at least I think I, I haven't gone back. I think that's her first credit. I, I do plan on going back and, and checking out if we can see um, 
anyways, uh, the FBI agent who says two words and then is immediately shut down by Vernon Masters, who uh, <laughs> basically bumps him off the stage, uh, is played by a guy named Jonathan Lavallee. Uh, that is two E's and two L's, three L's, but only two together. Uh, he was in nothing overtly nerdy, but I did see in his filmography a movie called Boost that has Danny Trejo on the cover. So that's a strong contender um, because anything with Danny Trejo, I would contend is at least slightly nerdy. Um, and then we do move into a new episode, uh, episode five, which is The Atomic Job. It uh, aired on February 9th, 2016. It was written by Lindsay Allen, who also wrote uh, season one, episode six, and season two, episode three. We've talked about her so much. So she doesn't have any updates because there's literally nothing to have up. Unless she started like this week, she's good. Uh, and then Craig Zisk is the director. He will also direct episode six because um, I had to move this information to this one. Uh, he directed two episodes of the Mysterious Benedict Society, four episodes of Wu-Tang, an American Saga, one episode of Elementary, two episodes of Manifest, two episodes of Future Man, two episodes of Timeless, one episode of Santa Clarita Diet, one episode of The Exorcist, one episode of Preacher, one episode of Fear the Walking Dead, one episode of American Horror Story, one episode of The Office randomly, four episodes of Alias, <laughs> one episode of Monk, one episode of Smallville, one episode of Birds of Prey, one episode of The Tick, and six episodes of Charmed. Wow. And, and finally, wow. I just want to Perfect. say that uh, that is the same radio in her dressing room as she fixes in 1920. And I hadn't noticed that before. That's oh. not part of Avengers Ensemble, but that is something that I wanted to tag, tag in there at the end. Nice. That's good. So shall I continue talking and do some buys or what are we doing? We did the call. Sorry, Ty, is there anything else that you wanted to address before we say goodbye? Um, I don't have anything else to address about the episode i do have something that i would like to mention to you guys yeah. uh so I, I think i i think that i heard about this on the podcast capes and japes mm. um there is a comic book series that i don't know if you guys you guys are either very aware of this or have never heard of it and i know nothing other than what i'm about to tell you so i will not be able to answer any follow-up questions okay <laughs> there is a pot uh not a podcast there is a comic book series i think it's four issues that the idea is that it's following a street level like news photographer or like documentary photographer who has been active throughout the rise of the Marvel superheroes. So like throughout the 1900s, it's yeah. a, a series called Marvels. Yes. Um. Yeah. And it, it's supposed like it sounds really cool. Yeah. I have not read it. I don't know anything about the people involved, but like it's it sounds really cool. It, it's funny uh, you, you stumbled calling it a podcast because they did make a podcast out of it. Really? Yeah, it's an audio. Oh. You can download it as an audio drama. Um, that's the one, Colin, that I was trying to think of on Sunday or last oh, time I recorded. I was like, and there's right. one more that I didn't. Yeah, Marvels is right. the one. Uh, and they, it's beautiful. It's oh. a beautifully drawn and like almost like yeah. painted style. It, it of is action. because it's Alex Ross yeah. paintings. Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't, it, I don't know why it didn't click for me. I own those. Like I own oh. physical yeah. copies of them. Yeah. Uh, it's incredible. Yeah. Marvels cool. is awesome. Yeah. Listeners, uh, if you have not read this yet, um, check it out. I haven't read it yet, and I plan on checking it out. So absolutely, yeah. You know. Alex and, Ross art is like iconic stuff. Did he too. do Kingdom Come? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Freaking amazing. There's, like wild. And there's, there's actually a, a lot of like concept art or sometimes like promotional art for films, what either DC or Marvel frequently that is like 
like made by him as well. That's like he's like one of the guys, you know, for artwork of this nature. Yeah, the, this is the 1994 uh, version. There is like a currently being released. That's right. There's a new version, Marvel, there? which yeah. is also very, very good. But it is not oh, the cool. one that Ty is talking about. It's Marvel's the current one. They're basically like we can do and we can take anyone from any comic book and pop it in here. And that that got me like catnip. It's a very good series. But yes, 1994 <laughs> version of Marvel's if you're going to look that up. And you should. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's my plug. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Four are part of that, I believe. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, well, then I think that's going to do it. There's nothing really much more for me to say other than Ty. Pleasure, as always. Thank you for, uh, for joining us. Thank you and, for having uh, me. We would love to have you on again. Uh, yeah, and also later, both of those. Things. Yeah, <laughs> um, and uh, I guess that's it. So we will see you uh, very soon for the next episode. But uh, as always, I am James Anderson. I'm Colin Parker, and I'm Ty <laughs> Excelsior. This world is a peaceful one. Plains, mountains, swamps, pines, cicadas sing, rivers flow, magic thrums through the air, and all of it's surrounded by a single massive wall, as ancient as history itself. So, you know, not that ancient. Thanks to the loss, prehistoric ain't all that long ago. Oh well, life is good, and assuming you don't mind the looming threat of a mysterious skeletal society. Side character quest. A D&D adventure, one player at a time. Some worlds need a hero. This one? Eh, might need a bit more than that. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven, community-focused, treasured content.